flows from your throne unto your own, your anthem raise. So exalt, so exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus our King. Majesty, we worship your majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Sing so exalt one more time. So we exalt, we lift up on high your name of Jesus. We magnify and glorify Christ Jesus our King. Oh majesty, we worship your majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Jesus who died, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Let's just praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord. So we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we lift our hands toward heaven and we praise you, Lord. We will praise you, Lord. We will praise you, Lord. Oh, we lift our hands toward heaven and praise you, Lord. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. We magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. We sing majesty, O kingdom authority. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Let's worship his majesty. Oh, majesty, we worship your majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory 
honor and praise, O majesty, kingdom authority, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings, so we exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. We magnify and glorify Christ Jesus our King. Worship your majesty, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. At the very least, make a joyful noise to the Lord. If you don't think you can sing, just, just make some noise to Him. Because for His pleasure, we were created. Hallelujah, for his pleasure. And we bring pleasure as we worship his majesty. Thank you, Father God. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Sweetest name I know Fills my every longing You keep me singing as I go, Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, you fill my every longing, you keep me singing as I go. Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. You're my master, savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance 
us. Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about your name would you sing it to him now oh Jesus 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 there's just something about your name you're my master Savior Jesus like the fragrance after the rain let's worship him oh your Jesus 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim all those kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about your name let's just sing it to him one more time I just can't help it I gotta I gotta praise him Jesus, 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 there's just something about your name. You're my master, my savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Your Jesus, your Jesus, your Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. You're the key and kingdoms shall all pass away but there's something about your name for you are Lord sing it to you you're my And you're my Lord, and my knees shall bow, and my tongue confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. You're my Lord. You're my Lord. 
and lift our hands and voices on high as we exalt Thee. Yes, we exalt Thee. We exalt Thee. Oh, Lord, sing worthy, worthy, worthy. down here, probably in Indiana where he's from, but did you know it's one of the favorite songs in heaven? Mm. When I was over there, you say that word hallelujah, and they're all hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Everybody is shouting and you start singing that and they're all, oh hallelujah oh hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. their attention is worthy, worthy. 
controlling everything from a pulpit up here mm-hmm. that it says in the word of God that the model is 1 Corinthians 14 how is it then brothers when you come together every one of you has a psalm has a doctrine has an interpretation has a song whatever the case may be this is the believer's power hour let the power of God yield to him let him flow through you I'm sorry if I didn't explain that more plainly but that's what the purpose of Wednesday midweek meeting is for and we have, you know, we thank you, Betty. Wasn't Betty doing an awesome job? Yeah. Just flowing. Oh, yeah. just flowing. And thank you so much. I just, I was sitting there without telling a signal or C or key or anything like that, and she just jumped right in and 
and join us, and it was wonderful, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, that's heavenly worship. The, the Lord just really impressed on me to share something. You might okay. as well sit down. This okay. might take a few minutes. Okay. I came tonight, as you can tell, not um, going to say anything, but this has been on me for the last couple of weeks, and since it's just a few of us in the world, um, I want to just share with you what's happening in my life. You know, God restores. Amen. And um, things that have been taken from you, it says in the word of God, it would be given back seven times full. And um, two things in the last three weeks. <laughs> That's huge. And no one knows this because I never said it, but about six years ago, <laughs> I was asked to leave this church. There was, um, I was a CEO of Rock House Kids, and I had hired someone that came here. And um, she left and quit and took a lot of hatred with her. To this day, I don't know what happened, but she came back here and just spoke horrible about me. And Pastor Judy, in her loving grace, said to me, I would be fine, but she needs to work with that person. Because that person needed this church. Yeah. And that I would be okay. Yeah. I cried like a baby. <laughs> I felt like I got divorced. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, we both can't come there, you know, but it was for this other person's sake. And look around. Guess who's here now? <laughs> I mean, how weird is that? You get kicked out of a church and you become the pastor of one. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It was like, so, so I've always filled the pulpit at times, but that was it, you know. And when Judy asked us to become ministers, I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? Is that the weirdest thing or what? You know, I'm like, I'm the pastor of the church now? How about that? And then another thing that happened, and this is just all in this month, I think it was last week, when I retired from Rock House Kids, I was looking for a part-time pastor position. I've opened four churches, and I pastored, so it came natural to me. So I applied at a church, a little small country church. It was out by Freeport, about 45 minutes to an hour away from here. And it, for me, I thought this was perfect, you know, just a little country church. And um, I applied for it, and I just really, really wanted that church, and I did not get it. I mean, it went really good for a couple of weeks, and then the week of voting, you walk in and you could just feel they didn't want me. You ever have that feeling? Animosity. Yeah. Ooh, big time. <laughs> you know? And I thought one more time, what did I do or say? Well, you know, I am a bold person, but still, I think I would know if I'd done something that bad, you know, that they didn't want me. They wanted me, then they didn't want me. And I left there thinking, I didn't get the job. I can't believe this. And I went back home and I just, I cried out to God about like I did when I got kicked out of here, you know. What is going on? I'm like, Lord, I've always asked to be above reproach. Never, may I never hurt your name. I always pray, God, I do not want to hurt your name. I want to be above reproach. Whatever I've done, forgive me. I don't know what it is, but why are these doors closing in my life? And last week, that church called me. <laughs> I said, it's been two years now. 
want to know if I was busy? <laughs> They're looking for a pastor. I go, yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> Just took over a, a co-pastorship with my husband at a, another little church in Rockford. And they went, oh, huh. And I thought, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> they still want me. Yeah, they want me. <laughs> Did that congregation to come here? <laughs> That's a good one. That is good. Yeah, that even crossed my mind. Thank you. <laughs> and and um, so, you know, I just said, no, I've already accepted a position, but two years later, thank you. And um, she said, well, you know, do you know anybody that would just fill the pulpit, whatever? And I, I looked at my husband. I said, can I go fill the pulpit occasionally? He said, no. <laughs> he goes, we need to devote everything we have here. This is our church. He was right. Didn't want to hear it, but he was right. You know, I just wanted to go, you know. And um, so, so I called a couple friends of mine who will be actually ministering when we're gone. They're going to be filling the pulpit here. And I told them they just want somebody to fill the pulpit, They're, you know. And so a couple of them are going to go ahead and do that, you know. So it's all taken care of there. So they're going to have people there, you know. But i got to tell you, these things have went through my mind over and over and over again. And it's not something I wanted to preach on on Sunday. I just wanted to share with you guys that as hurtful as things can be at the time, and you don't see any way out because it just seems like a pit that just sucks you in. And it's like that old story where the donkey's trying to climb out and then more mud comes down, he's trying to climb out, and more mud comes down, he's trying to climb out. Next thing you know, he's made a staircase and he walked right out. (laughs) And that's how I always felt, like I'm the donkey. I'm just trying to struggle to get out and God made the staircase. And then he has him come to me. (laughs) We never applied here. (laughs) We never knew anything about it. We were just filling the pulpit. We love Pastor Judy and Al, and uh, I've always remained friends with her. I even understood, did not like it, just understood. And uh, I think about this, and I think, God, he knew the future. You know, think about this. All this stuff that goes wrong in our life, he knows the future. He don't let us in on it, though. Uh, We can't handle it. I figured that out a long time ago. I can't handle it, so that's why he don't let me in on it. But... He knew he was going to restore in a great way, in a great way. So when we were doing praise and worship, honey, all I could think of is I'm sitting in this church. (laughs) I was asked to leave. And and, and I'm looking around thinking, how good is God? How good is God? And then I'm asked to be a pastor of another church that I wanted and have no desire whatsoever now because this is it. This is what God has for us. We didn't know it. We didn't apply for it. I'm glad other people knew before us, you know, but we're very happy about it. Then, then catch this one, for a year we have looked for a house. We got married, and I have a 600-square-foot house. Anybody knows what 600 square foot is? Not big. It's one bedroom. It's a Winnebago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we call it our little Winnebago. Well, it was fine for me and my 85-pound black dog. But then when my 6'4 husband walked through the door and wanted to hang his clothes up and put his boots in a closet when there's only one closet, I'm like, what? 
and he wanted a drawer to put his clothes space? in. I said, what? You need a drawer, too? You need a drawer for your, for your socks? What? There, there's no room, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> you can stay, but you can't bring your stuff You can't bring nothing in. His truck is still loaded to this day and stuff, just in case. But So he's got a storage shed in Oklahoma. And um, we thought a year ago, it was a year ago, September, Labor Day, actually it was one year ago, we had a house and we went to close on it. He went back to Oklahoma to get his stuff. And he's in Oklahoma when they called me and said the whole thing just got canceled. And I'm like, what, what, what? This, this was our house. We prayed over it. We blah, blah, blah. He's in Oklahoma with a U-Haul getting stuff. We lost it. The whole thing. It was the weirdest thing in the world. It don't normally happen that way. So he comes home without his stuff, still paying one year later, storage shed, fees in uh, Oklahoma. And we started looking again seriously during this COVID thing about March, I guess. After I was sheltered for COVID inside the house, I was done with that 600-square-foot house. I was like, I got to get out of here. If they shelter us again, I don't want to be here. <laughs> so we would look and look and look, and, and we couldn't find anything. This is a seller's market. Anybody that has a house up for sale is 20000 more than it's worth. You know, it's horrible. He's upset, and he said it was, it was on a Wednesday up to Two, four, three weeks ago? We were at a pastor's convention. Huh? Month ago, yeah, because we had just said to General Shepherd that we accept the position. We did that on a Friday. It was that following Wednesday. We were at a pastor's conference. And I had talked to the realtor, and we went to look at this one house, and we were done. We were just ready to settle, just to get out of 600 square foot. And um, I happened to notice this one house he had looked at, and I said, don't look at something we can afford. He's always looking at things that we can't afford. I'm like, we can't afford it. Why look at it? I'm a dreamer. Yes, he's a dreamer. I am so reality is pathetic. So he had looked at this house, and they came down how many thousands? Came down $26,000 on it. Who does that in this marketplace? They came down $26,000. Some places are like that. Well. They want to get rid of it. Well, and they had bought another house, yes, and... um, it turned, so I said to the realtor, can we go look at that one? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, where are we going? What are we looking at? I said, oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> that one you've looked at went down. It's, in our, we, it's within 5,000 of our range. We can manage this. <laughs> yes, yes. And the person was supposed to have left, and, she, and God has purpose and plan like we can't believe. All this time we had looked. We had put in five bids on houses and been rejected. Talk about rejection. Five bits. And so we walk into this house, and she was still there, and we said, oh, you, honey, you can stay. And she says, oh, no, no, I'll get the dog and leave. I, I, I didn't know exactly when you were coming. And we got to look at each other and just smile. That's all we did. And she got her dog and left, and I walked in the house, and Gary said he don't even remember because all I kept saying is, this is it. This is it. This is the house. This is the house. I'm in love with this house. I'm in love. I'm in love. This is the house. Paper, quick. Well, you know, my realtor said to me, you will know it when you see it. And I'm like, we both were settling. You know, we put bids on something he loved. I'm like, ah, whatever. Something I love, he's like, I guess I'll live with it. And the realtor says, no, you're going to find something you both love. And I'm like, no, we won't. We did. It happened. Walked in, loved it. And the realtor says, you have to put a bid down now. I mean, people were behind us, in front of us. Turns out this couple was a Christian. 
And she was in the ministry. And she's in the ministry. And, of course, you have no idea because you're not supposed to know who owns the house or nothing like that. And uh, she said that she had seen us, and they were bids upon bids in front of us. But she looked at our names and said, God said, that's the one. Mm-hmm. We were so happy when, they, when she, she, they said we could have the house. And, and we're not supposed to meet anybody until the day of closing. And we drove by the house a couple days afterwards to think, where Check was this? the neighborhood out. Yeah, and where was it again? We didn't know how we got there, you know. And she was standing outside, and she waved. And she remembered my little green car. And she said, hi. I said, are you the owner of the house? She goes, yes, and you're the ones getting it, right? I said, yeah. And we started talking. We were kinder spirits because of the Lord. So she had said briefly that they had put it on this one uh, amount of money, and anyway, they had to move out, and God just told them to drop it down. He had the right couple. We were the couple. Had no idea God was saving this house for us. We're supposed to sign the 30th of this month. That's D-Day, the 30th of this month. And before everything that went wrong, it's all going smooth now. You can feel when God's got in control of it. And it's a better house than we could ever imagine. It's off of Sandy Hollow Road in a, a real good Next neighborhood. Next golf course, actually, not part of the golf course, but next to it. Yeah. Kind of butts up there. And, and now, the, now that I'm packing, and that's what I'm doing is packing. I just drove past your house then. You probably did. You probably yeah. did, yeah. Because my son was saying, oh, I can't stand that golf course. <laughs> well, it's only, stoplight at 20th. Well, it's only seven minutes from the church, mm-hmm. too, so we're close to work, you know. And the traffic's not bad. <laughs> Nothing like State Street. So, so we, you know, so I'm packing and, I'm on and, yeah, yeah, we're all over on Charles now, you know, and, uh, but I'm thankful that God gave me the 600 square foot house for 15 years, 15 years. Time just went by. Thankful he gave that to me. And yet he's given me, what was it? Two times, three times bigger. The new one. It's it's, uh, two and a half times. Two and a half times. More. That's how God restores. So you got your own closet. He's got his own closet. He gets a queen bed. He's six four. He gets a queen bed for the first time since he's been married. I mean, we've been on this little bed. You know, he he can in my house. There's no place that he can stretch his arms up but one little section in the living room. So to get dressed, he has to go in the living room in this one section, and he can then put his shirts on. So when he goes in the bedroom and puts his shirts on, he hits the shang of the lear every time and breaks it in billions of pieces. We went through out of how many lights. And the dog got to the point because it goes right over her. She just looks up and looks over at him every time he breaks one because he, he does something with his arm and there it goes. you know. <laughs> and he says, I can touch and not touch the ceiling. I can, I can move my arms and not break something. I'm like, whoa, how exciting is that? And bust my head over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so we, we've handled it for 18 months, you know, because we weren't going to rush into something. So God has this timing. And I guess I want to say the fact that he restores, he has timing for us. He has the perfect timing, and, and we don't know it. We don't ever know it, you know, but it's there. So the reason I'm sharing this, there must be somebody that needs to hear it. I don't know. But if there's something in your life and you're thinking, I have waited, and I have waited, or I got kicked out of something, or I've lost something, I can tell you as a testimony tonight, God restores. 
and it's better than what you can imagine. It's better than it was the first time around, you know. And um, that's how, when we were just praising the Lord, I think praising the Lord in song and praising the Lord in word, and this is the word, to thank God that he restores and he gives back and he gives us good and mighty gifts because he loves us. And we didn't have to do anything for it. Okay, honey, I just wanted to share. Did anyone else have an encouragement, an exhortation, a word of any kind? Because if you want to share, we can turn it off, right? If anybody wants to share, we can turn it off. But what I have to add to what you just said. Oh, they, oh come on. Was, uh, you get the stool. <laughs> I kind of got to see the meaning. Everybody hears the verse Romans eight twenty eight quoted, especially at funerals, you know, but it's that verse that says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. But sometimes when we want to understand things, understand life, we need to do a little gold mining in the word. Gold mining, you know, you'll find some nuggets on the surface when you're looking for gold, but that's not very often. And sometimes there were something, but not very often and not a whole lot of it. But if you want to really strike the gold, what do you do? You start digging and you find the vein, mine that vein, and you get the, the wealth that's in the ground from that. And so sometimes we've got to, to, to dig into that word and mine, gold mining in there. And that verse actually talks about this. We know that the all things, and the all things are what? People think all things means all tragedies, right? That's why they quoted at funerals, right? That's why tradition, I'm talking about traditional carnal thinking. They'll use Bible verses and to, to, to comfort people and soothe them. And so they're sitting there saying, yes, all things work together, don't they? You ever heard that? You ever heard folks say that? All things work together. Well, that's not, that's totally, that's actually incorrect. That's actually a doctrine of demons. You will know the truth. The way it's put, it's the all things. Look at the mining of the vein there. The all things of the Holy Spirit work together for good to them that love God. Them that that are part needs to be added all the time when people read. They need to finish the verse, what they need to do. That's right. Yeah. To be truthful, to finish it. You know, the all things of the Holy Spirit work together for good to them that love him, to them that are the called according to his purpose. The purpose, what is the purpose? Do a little mining in the same set of verses. The purpose is that you become like Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. That's the whole, uh, you know, uh, you know you, the Reader's Digest condensed version of the Bible. You can say it in four words. Just type four words and you got the whole Bible. Good God, bad devil. Think about that. <laughs> Good God, bad. you got the whole Bible right there. And it's often why people don't don't get because they're they're looking at that thing. They're not looking at the right perspective. Exactly, that it's all about God. And if they kept that focus, then the other things would fall in place. Mm-hmm. Seek ye first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. Um, a proper paradigm. You ever heard that word? That's a bit of buzzword for fifteen years or so. Uh, Dr. Stephen Covey in, in Salt Lake City had written that book, Seven Habits of Highly, uh, of Highly Effective People. And he talked about paradigms, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M, paradigm. And a paradigm is nothing more than a viewpoint. That's what it really means. It's a viewpoint. What, what, par- what viewpoint are you looking through? What, co- what color of, of shades are you looking through? Right. Okay. 
and, and we've got to realize this, the Holy Spirit, if God be for us, who can be against us? Look at look through that pair of lenses right there. Well, these are focus. These are photo brown in case anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> focus. <laughs> who was it saying focus? Was it you telling right, someone focus. to focus? Okay. <laughs> well, we we need to get our focus behind the right set of lenses. And one of the ways you do that is by the renewing of your mind, right? Right. Because it says we have the mind of Christ, right? The thinking of Christ. Think about this. Christianity, what you're into right now, hopefully, as a, as a person in Christ, Christianity is a system of thinking. It's not a shandai, shandai, push them over. You know, hope they get blessed, kind of thing like, or, or any of the traditional things that we've made of it. I'm not saying that's any of that's wrong. I'm saying it's not that. It's a system of thinking. Why he tells you over and over again, Proverbs: As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? And he says, "Oh, they're being renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Right? System of thinking. If we're getting that thinking proper, if we getting that mind of Christ superimposed and downloaded like the if anybody ever watched the Star Trek series Mr. Spock remember Mr. Spock yeah Mr. Roger Mr. Spock the, the Vulcan man and one of the little one of the so some of the ladies like huh yeah it's a guy thing I've never watched but anyway Mr. Spock the Vulcan that that race of people from that planet Vulcan had the pointed ears and they they their their thinking was pure logic if it wasn't logical they didn't accept it because they didn't feel emotion and it made a difference in the way they viewed life and viewed things and the way they conduct themselves. And, and so Mr. Spock would have something if he wanted to get into the mind of someone else. Anybody remember what he did? Spock, Spock, he Spock would, had a human component. He was half so, human. He's had so a human emotion mother. did sometimes slip through with him. It, it, and that made him somewhat to do the kind of human, didn't it? A little bit, a little bit human. He was proud of his Vulcan. Yeah, for the most part, he was. Yeah, he was real proud of that and wouldn't step out of that. But he, if he needed to get into the mind of someone else, and he would get him get the emotions of him too, of a person, mm-hmm. he would put the, put his hand, I think, right here. Mind meld, mind, and do a Vulcan mind meld. <laughs> Y'all know what? <laughs> We're like what? <laughs> and their minds. You, we got to watch an episode with us to it's see. A nerd thing. I guess so because thing. I'm like, y'all know what you're talking about. <laughs> he would do that, and that person or being's mind would come in through his arm and enter like an anointing into him. And he would be thinking like them and feeling their emotions and their thoughts and all that. So they were like one together. And what, what is supposed to happen spiritually? We have the mind of Christ. We have a Christ mind meld. That's the will. And getting into this, this paradigm, this viewpoint, these lenses of his love for us. If he's for us, who can be against us? Amen. You know, uh, to, to understand, we're so affected. You know, I did a, a seminar on marriage family years back was in a little smaller country church that we were kind of stepped into in Oklahoma and the pastors were up in their 80s and the board members and all and so uh, they things had died way down on them the first time we showed up there there was the pastor and his wife and that main board member and his wife and that was the whole church right there let them know it was the other wife you're talking about did I refer to a wife yeah well, he was married before, and his wife passed away. So when he's talking about churches and all that, he's talking about his late wife, that was, that not was, me. Yeah, that BD, before Dola. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, 
doesn't always explain that part. That was a year and a half. You understand this bit of history. It was a year and a half ago that after uh, Anne is my deceased wife's name. She's in heaven. Uh, she she sat up in bed one night, and I'm, I really think based on the symptoms, yeah. that COVID thing mm-hmm. had gotten a hold of her. Both of us, we both were coughing our guts out for three or four weeks. And she sat up, well, everything was over with, and she sat up one night complaining about not being able to breathe. And in 45 seconds, I'm sitting there opening a can of whoop on the devil all I could, praying and everything, applying breathing breathing oil on her. Oh, she did this essential oil stuff, all that on her. And in 45 seconds, she just coated out my arms and was gone. And I'm sitting there rebuking, and then the ambulance shows up right about that time and starts doing their stuff. And three hours later, the doctors at the hospital were doing their stuff. They came in and said, sorry. And the Lord, as we're, my, my kids and I, and, and we're standing around there, uh, we're, we're praying in the Holy Ghost, and my, my youngest son is saying, let's raise her. Okay, we believe in that. We're doing that. As we're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Lord says, uh, the, 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 the Lord Jesus says, my Father God is the only one who can send her back now. He says, she's been here long enough. She wouldn't come back there. The only way you could get her to come back there would be for him to stand up from his throne of point and say, get down there. And he won't do that because of her own will. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow that. And so I finally pulled my hands back and said, stop. Stop. She's not coming back no matter what we do. She's, she's chosen. She won't come. We can't get her. We, we're not that powerful. We're not Father God. So, And we stopped and, and said our goodbyes and all that stuff. So anyway, I didn't mean to get off on now, that. How many years were you married? 33. 33. So when he's talking about anything past 18 months ago, it's not me. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that was, that was the time curve. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's because there's so many things I'm relating to this man. Pastor Gary, I'm relating to you a lot because I'm a VD too. The one I'm married to is a Deborah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a before Deborah. There's AD and then there's BD time, right? Yeah. So, anyway, God works all things together. Before Dollar. I'm he, sorry. He, he, the, the, Holy, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the things of the Holy Spirit work together for our good. Sometimes. Uh, Dola had been here, had been single 30 years, something like 28 that. 28 years. Uh, you know, and, and there are things in the past. We just leave the past behind, don't we? Yeah, oh, yeah. Been yeah. That, she had been serving <laughs> the Lord. That's the only way to stay together. Exactly. That's right. But she'd been serving God. She, she committed her life to Christ, committed her life to the ministry of the gospel. And, and you all know she found a rock house and, and all. So she was in that. And then she that that phase of life closed, and she's been retired for a couple of years. And uh, I was these 33 years, and suddenly I'm by myself. And I had decided I, I'm not going to. I'd say, Father, I'd have Jesus time. We should all have Jesus time every day, right? Every and I'm day. sitting there going through the Word and all. That's how he talks. And, uh, and I finally said, Lord, Father God, I, I'm just... Uh, I'm 33 years with Ann, and uh, I'm not going to seek anybody else. I don't want anyone else. That was good enough for one life. I'll just live out my life with my kids and fulfill what you have me call for, and that's good enough, okay? So I'm, I'm going through the, the word in Jesus' time. One day I see that verse in 1 Corinthians. It says, you know that a, a woman is bound to her husband while he lives, but if he, he dies... She's free to marry whoever she wills, only in the Lord, only in Christ. So I saw that, and I, I looked up, said, I don't like that. 
I'm going to cut that out of my Bible file. I don't want to see that again. And a few days later, the same kind of thing happens with another verse. And I looked up and said, I don't like that. I'm going to cut that out. I don't want to see it again. And several times that happened, I finally looked up and said, are you trying to tell me something? Have you got someone else? If you do, I'll accept and receive her right now, Lord. However, you have to do this for me. I'm going to put these conditions on it, okay? This is covenant talk, okay? I'm going to put these conditions. <laughs> number one, no, number one. You, yeah, that's right. You're right. Abraham did it, and I'm the seed of Abraham. Abraham did it. So I said, here's, here's the deal. You made the woman and brought her to the man in Genesis, Adam, okay? You make this woman and bring her to me. I'm not going to chase anybody. I refuse to chase. I'm not going to get in the singles groups. I don't, didn't do bars anymore. I'm not going to go out looking for a woman. You bring her to me and I have to know. And all that. Now, the first time around, whenever I was 22 years old, I made a decision and said, all right, Lord, I see I can't be blessed until I obey you in this Genesis 2 blessing thing. And, and uh, you know, you, you'll, when, I, when I'm joined to a wife, you can bless me like you plan and you can use me and all that. So I put an order into the Lord of I wanted this, I wanted, you know, dark hair and blue eyes, and I wanted this and this and this. And the number one condition was she has to love you more than anybody else, including me. And sure, and he's filled that order. Okay. Well, then 33 years later, I'm saying I'm not going to put any conditions except she has to love you more than me, and you have to bring her to me. I'm not going to chase anybody. Okay. I refuse. And then, as an aside, I said, you know what? It, it'd be nice to have a blue-eyed blonde this time. <laughs> I just said that. I wouldn't be carnal. I just said that. Nice to have a blue-eyed blonde this time. So it wasn't even two, three months later. I'm, I'm saying I do to a blue-eyed blonde. Yeah. He chased he me up. God more than you. <laughs> just saying. But what was, what was funny about this, y- y'all know who Jim Whitaker is? Anybody ever seen Jimmy Whitaker? He, he played player? here. He yes. played here um, yeah. Yeah. how many years ago? Four? Five? Probably about that. Five or six Big years dude, ex-pro football, ex-pro baseball uh, player, football player. He can make those guitar strings hum, boy. Yeah. He, he makes him sing. You don't Are have you to sure? sing. Was that long ago? Yeah. No, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not good at time. Dola, Dola's yeah, been his. So quickly. I know, but I, 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 Were you here? Dola's been a friend of his for 15 years or 20 years, 18 years. Yeah. And, and Dola helped him found the Jimmy Jack Foundation. Five years ago, five years ago. Yeah, a fifth anniversary. So there's a relationship between them, a brother, brotherly, sisterly in Christ relationship between them. Dole up and found the foundation, and they'd started having these cruises that go for to raise funds for the foundation mm-hmm. in the Caribbean or wherever. And so they were having, Jimmy Jack had joined the association that I'm vice president of in Branson, the Country Gospel Music Association. I've been there 21 years or 22 years. <clears throat> he joined several years ago. We were friends. Uh, Jimmy was aware of this, all this that had happened in my life and all that stuff. Well, Branson Chapter had asked, because a lot of the members are full-time on the road, and they couldn't be at the memorial celebration in Bartlesville, Oklahoma in December, okay? So they asked, could you please come to our chapter meeting and do a kind of memorial memory-type thing for Ant? Okay, fine. So I did that, spent the weekend and all that there, and we're having the meeting, and Jimmy Jack was on his way to Nashville. He drove five hours out of his way to come to that meeting. He's sitting there. We're talking. They're blessing me in the meeting stuff. And Jimmy says, hey, brother, you, you want to go on that cruise with us? Well, Jimmy, I ha- I don't, I, I'm not in the mood. I don't feel like it. I'm really not interested. I don't have the money. All that kind of- He says, don't worry about that. 
your way's paid, you're going to room with me. You're in the VIP suite. Praise God. All you got to do is get to New Orleans for the cruise. So, Lord, what am I going to do? I don't have cash flow. I've been uh, in a, a kind of a disabling energy, energy, energy injury type, trying to talk in tongues here, injury type situation. So I, I haven't been able to bring cash flow in and have been doing that working jobs at the mall. And so how am I going to get there? Where am I going to get this? It's going to be 200 cash just in fuel to get there and $100 to park. Lord, what am I going to do? Someone from Branson that was going to go on the cruise calls me and says, is Gary Paxson's widow, Vicky. She says, uh, Andrea and I, our cars are getting kind of older and all that, and we don't feel like driving 10 hours or whatever to get down there and all that. If you will come pick us up and take us to New Orleans and back, we'll pay your gas and that parking bill for you. Praise Jesus. All things of the Spirit work together, right? So we get down there. Uh, Dola wasn't going to be there that year because of retiring and finances. You know, it's five, $600 plus expenses getting there. She wasn't going to be there. Someone had come up and said, you're going. I paid your way. And I was working it for the foundation. Yeah, she was also there as a, as a board, whatever, I, a helper. I, I was pro, pro, what were they? pro bono is the way. No, no no pay. No, I'm trying to say. I was there to promote the foundation. Right. And um, with the publicity that I was bringing in, gain more money yep. for the foundation. So We did not know each other, really. I've seen you for a couple of years, but I didn't know you. Yeah, as the association, she joined the association and come to one of the regional meetings, had received the author of the year at that, at that the yeah. author of the year about Rock House. She wrote that book about Rock House, which you can get a copy, and, uh, and children's ministry. She won those awards. So I was aware of her existence, but I didn't know her. It had been no we more than, talked. hi, welcome to CGA, nice to see yeah. you. Dola, I'm Gary. Okay, that kind of deal. You that, never even said that. I don't, I don't remember, but I mean, <laughs> we didn't really have any interaction. We are just aware of each other's existence. Oh, she was lucky. You're, yeah, yeah, he never talked to me. <laughs> You're really lucky. He's already losing his memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so anyway, we... We get up, we, we're, anybody ever been on a cruise, in the evening meal, it's a formal, you're supposed to dress up, you're assigned seats at these big tables. And you say that so the waiters know who you are, okay? So I'm at this VIP table, Jimmy Jack, there's an empty seat, and there's Jimmy, Jim Whitaker, and then all the other VIP people are over here. And for some reason, they didn't have Dola assigned there. She was a VIP, sort of. But they had her across the dining hall. She goes to come sit down to eat that night, and someone's in her seat and won't move. She's going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So the maitre d' people say, oh, just come with us. And they come on, plop her in that empty seat beside me. <clears throat> so we're seated next to each other the whole week. And before the week's over, we're kind of hanging out together a little bit. And she's saying that I chased her and stalked her, and I say otherwise. But <laughs> <laughs> So by the end of the week, we're done. We're getting off, and it's like, well, you know, we're all going to shake hands, hug each other, and say bye in the line of the passports. And uh, at the end of the week, you know, hey, nice to meet you. And it was like, we'll see you next convention or we'll see you next Jimmy Jack thing or Bruce or whatever. Nice to see you. She goes on back up to Rockford. I go up to Branson, drop them off, come home to Oklahoma. I saw on the news, bad winter storm in the Chicago, northern Illinois area. And I thought, oh, that's where Dola lives. I had to call her and see if she made it home okay. So I, I called her up, and I, she might have been surprised by that. I called her up. We're talking. And Valentine's Day was the next Thursday. 
So as we're talking, you ever said something and don't know why you said it or where it came from? You ever had that happen to you? Mm-hmm. It just comes out of your mouth? We're talking along and I said, so how are you going to celebrate Valentine's Day? Preach. Oh, yeah. I wasn't preaching. I just asked her. How are you going to celebrate Valentine's Day? It's Thursday. Oh, uh, I'll just get my big Black Lab Maggie and we'll sit down on the couch in front of Netflix and watch a couple of movies and go to bed. And out of my mouth says, comes, what would you do if I knocked on your front door and took you out to celebrate Valentine's? And it got real quiet. And I thought, oh, no. I messed up. Too bad. Thank you, Jesus. Please do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it got quiet. And then all of a sudden, I'd like that. I'd like that. But listen, if you're going to come, I guess you've been stood up or something time or two. Uh, if you're going to come, make sure you let me know. I don't, she's a Mary Kay lady, you know. I don't want to be opening my door and I'm in a pair of sweats and no makeup and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you let me know, okay? And I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I show up there the next Wednesday night and we ended up, I, I, I said, I'm not going to uh, besmirch your reputation in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to find some place to stay. I'm going to be here through the weekend, okay? Okay, and, and one of her pastor friends had a prophet's chamber that I was able to stay at. So we spent the weekend kind of fellowshipping together and all that. And by the end of it, I went back to Oklahoma. I'm talking to her every night on the phone. I'm beginning to wonder, Lord, did you send someone to me? You, you brought her all the way from, from Illinois and plopped her beside me in, in New Orleans there. And, you know, did you send me someone? And we're talking and praying and stuff like that, praying together at night. And then she found out I was going to be in Arizona for a couple of weeks for some insurance training or something like that. And I had my sisters, and I mentioned that. And so next thing I know, she's, well, I'll be there Monday. There's an airport flies from Rockford to Mesa, Arizona. you got to pick me up Monday, okay, 2 o'clock. So we ended up spending the week in, in Phoenix, uh, fellowshipping and dating, you might say, and all that kind of stuff. By the end of the week, uh, I think you sent me someone. By the end of the week, well, why don't we set a date? Yeah, he didn't ask me to marry him. We just looked at the calendar and said, is this a day we, to get married? This, is this a good day right here? Because <laughs> I was pretty busy by this time. <laughs> and you didn't say for what? No. <laughs> no. <Date> for what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. April 27th was, was the date, okay? This was we, March. It was going to be, yeah. March 10th or somewhere around. March 11th you came back home. So, yeah. uh, and, and March 12th I get a phone call. Hey, guess what? We, uh, the Riverside Church, who knows where that is? On the river, beautiful, beautiful place. It's right on the riverbank. Beautiful church over there. I've been doing weddings there 15 years, and the pastor said we could have it on, on this, this Sunday afternoon, such as the 12th or 20, 24th, 24th of, of March. That's 12 days later. We could have it for a wedding if we want. <gasps> Jesus, Jesus, so, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Neither one of you proposed, but you all We had proposed. Why? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, no, I came to no, Rockford and proposed to her the day before. <laughs> Yeah. But we, he, he came in the day before the wedding, gets down on his knees. Do I need to propose now? My nads over with. <laughs> We're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> so anyway, we, we had this wedding. You know what's crazy? All things work together for good of the Holy Spirit, you know? We had, the, the wedding was given to us. One of her friends was a professional caterer and says, you can't have this without a wedding dinner. We aren't going to do that. So she sits there and sets the whole thing up. A cake, look like a little mountain there, beautiful carrot cake. Food coming out the, the ears. Just wonderful, wonderful setup. There was, what, 50-something people showed up? Yeah. Everybody was a minister and the spouse. There was only 25 people that we invited, and everybody was a minister, and then they had a spouse. Otherwise, I couldn't 
do a wedding in Rockford without a whole bunch of people, so we just did so, so 25. A really wonderful event and all yeah. that. A beautiful and place. And of course, immediate family. And meet some immediate family. So we did that. Then someone gave us a space in a condo on Daytona Beach for honeymoon time. Mm-hmm. So we were weak there, right? And then Branson, we got a place to stay on Lake Tanicomo. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go there, we, we wanted to go to the Kenneth Copeland Believers, or I wanted to go to the Kenneth Copeland Believers meeting they had there that week. So we drove from Florida to Branson, and then to Oklahoma to introduce her to my kids. Yeah, they were thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> and then we came back home so I could introduce you to my son. Yeah, so we could. But the all things have worked together. Okay, you know there was opposition at first, but now the all things were we're on the ends and ends now. With all the family, praise God, they're, they're praising you. Anyway, I wasn't trying to bore you with all that. The all things work together. We've been here. We we come. I, I gotta I gotta go down to the teens. Okay. But three weeks from tonight, we're gonna start doing the one hour six thirty seven thirty. So that's okay. the first Wednesday in, in October. Okay. Okay. It'll be the Believers Power Hour for sure. We're hoping more people will come because they can get their kids home, get them in bed for school, whatever. Yeah. If we did one hour, yeah. is that okay? Yeah. Well, we want to vote. No problems with that, right? Okay. He's got a little yeah. bit of an accent. It's one hour, <laughs> not one <laughs> hour. One <laughs> hour. <laughs> <laughs> hour. Yeah. Was it? Was it? It'd be the first Wednesday. <clears throat> okay. So it's October seventh. That's three weeks from tonight. Okay. So I want to go down and tell the teens. Can you what? I think we'll be able to build up more if you ask people for one hour. No, we'll keep it six thirty to seven thirty. Because it's already, it's already going on 8 o'clock now. I mean, it's yeah. quarter to 8. So. I'm, I'm thinking you may have some people come um, better if it was a little earlier because we have people that don't like to drive at night. Okay. Um, but 6 is well, a little early. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter in a while. Anyway, but, because it's, all, it's but, dark. It's 4 o'clock still, in the, yeah, the that, afternoon. That is a problem after for, we do fall back. That is a problem for some people. Okay. We're, we're, all things will work together for the good. That's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. You know, all things work together in your position situation that you're believing for. Yeah. I just yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you're believing mm-hmm. for. So all things are going to work together. So we can stand on the word and know that it's the truth and for sure. So anyway, we did all. We came together. All things work together. Now we spent a year and a half in that little Winnebago-sized house over there. Everything's worked together. This was a total. I told Dola the first time she came back over for pulpit swap after we were married, which was the beginning of uh, 29th of June or somewhere around there. Okay, I told her when we left, uh, they're going to ask us to to pastor this church. She, oh no 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 no. And I, I was I wasn't in pastoral mode myself. I was uh, travel around the world on the mission field. I've been doing that for years and years, and it stepped out of actual weekly pastoring duties several, six, seven years ago. So I wasn't in that mode, and I'm still trying to adjust my thinking back into that mode of being in the same place every week, but it's been wonderful. been great. I feel like it's been great. And we, I tell you some things that we feel the Spirit of God is working together. One of the things that came up out of here, like that I told Dola what you, what you do, one of the things was people are going to start coming home. Now this is, we know that home means the temple of the Lord here. Us joined together and bound together as a family. 
And one of the things that we like to, one of the slogans is, General Shepherd, come home. Come home today. Another of it is, General Shepherd, you are accepted. Because I've observed so much of that, not as much here, but in other places. So much of the church folks have that rejection. There's been so much rejection going on. They not only have it from their personal life, but in the church they've been going to. So we're going, one of the things that we're aiming for to partner with the Holy Spirit is to flood people with acceptance. Smother them with acceptance. Okay? Smother them with a sense of repentance. We're going to study that being the place of repentance on Sunday. Uh, I I did some gold mining on that. Did you know repentance does not mean our traditional thinking of it from, you know, all the the evangelists getting up there and hollering, fighting bees in front of you, telling you to repent. It doesn't mean that. We get forgiveness, but that's actually the very beginning of it. It's a change of mindset of how you view things and all. It's not, it is actually, it's actually a 180 turnaround, yes, but because your mindset has changed and you're, you're thrilled with going the other direction now. Right. And the other direction, it, we'll, we'll discuss that in the, the gold mining session on Monday. And I probably need to close her off pretty soon. I, hope, I trust yeah, you've been blessed tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe that's a hint right there, right? Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's a hint. A couple of prayer areas. Okay.